Computer. Cool. Right. We are now recording. Okay. So uh, welcome back to the uh, Nudge Business Podcast. My name is Rob Nugent and I'm here today with uh, with Nick Bishop. Um, Nick is a published author, a business coach, athletics coach, and has become a, a friend of mine over the past decade or so when we met at a business for breakfast event at a hotel that I cannot remember the name of, Nick, in, in Cheadle. And I reckon the village hotel, Rob, it would have been the village hotel. I'll tell you why it was business for breakfast with Tony, Tony Hayes, Tony Hayes. He's the man. He was the man. He has a lot to answer for a lot to answer for. And, um, you know, there's an ongoing message with the, uh, the sort of the interviews and the networking that I do of how important it is to meet somebody once and stay in touch. And I believe that it's easier now than ever to do that via social media and, um, think, you know, things like this. Nick has supported my um, my lockdown work from home heroes event, which is every Friday morning at half past nine. And if, if I can be as uh, if I can just give a plug, I think it's fantastic. It's it's relaxed, it's informal, and don't you think that's when you perform your best? When you know we need pressure to make us up. Well, we need a, a certain degree of stress to perform, but that relaxed environment that you provide, Rob, I think the rest is magic. And on the quiet, a little bit of business is happening as well. Oh, 100%. I pass business on and receive some. It's great to be able to bring people together in this this weird world, which a year on, we now know is is not a temporary thing. So I now work from home permanently. And and what I'm really interested to speak to you about, Nick, once we get into the, the podcast, is you have worked from home for a considerable period of time anyway. Well, so 60, 16 years, but the only thing when, when I qualify that, on the whole, if I'm at home, I'm not earning money. Um, it, dep- it depends how you quantify earning money, because on the whole, most of my money is earned when I'm on site with people. But of course, it does mean that all the preparation work, all the administration uh, work, all the um, developing business threads, Yes, and I do get paid for some homework, of course, as well. I, I can't say I don't, but it's getting out there too, isn't it? So you are based at home. Correct. Correct. Bah, B-A-H. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what, what I want to do is obviously we, we, we've, we've been through where, where we met and we stayed through, and we have met and probably, probably not even once every 12 months, probably a couple of years, just caught up for a Costa. I know you became a... A customer of my uh, utility business, and that you know, and that that's ongoing. So, I really appreciate that. Do, do you know um, what, Rob? It's one of those ones where, with the utility warehouse, I thought I better do something here, better keep this kind of quiet. But I'm how glad I am because I've saved a load. There you go. There you go. Um, so we've done staying in touch. So, Nick, over to you. Will you just give us a so so that the, the listeners who, who who don't know you um, know where to find you know where to read some of your books, but also a, maybe a potted history of um, Nick Bishop Solutions. And, Absolutely. Uh, well, through. it all started in 2005 because when I finished working for HBOS, Halifax Bank of Scotland, I was managing a team of about 250 people, um, turning over about a billion pounds a year of income. And with the merger between Halifax Bank of Scotland, they took out my level of management. I was offered other jobs, but I didn't fancy any, so I took a package and negotiated a package. And that's when I thought, I'm going to work for myself, because what I enjoy doing most of all, so my strapline is people performance solutions, is helping people to be the best version of themselves, 
the teams they work with, obviously then the teams as well. And it gave me that chance to do that. And it's just, I love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do. So my website is www.nickbishopsolutions.co.uk. And I help people and their teams to be the best version of themselves. It's as simple as that. Okay. And I will put all your details in the show notes um, for, for the podcast. Um, and you do as well, because you don't, you do deal with some um, reasonable size clients, right? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I've, I've worked with Argos, Timpsons. I did 100 days work with the NHS, a leadership program, Macmillan, Pets at Home, HMRC, and a two-year project in Botswana as well when I was working with the government. Um, I went out about 20 times over two years to help to develop the business process outsourcing in Botswana. It's cash rich, but most of their money comes from diamonds, diamonds, uh, some engineering, light engineering, but they want to become more of a white collar employee centric city. And Gaborone or Haberone, the capital, has about 400,000 people and a real tight knit business community, Deloitte, Touche, all the banks in the center there. So what a chance to try to make a difference to a country because I was working with the uh, Minister of Education, had access to the government enclave, etc., and to try to make a difference to a whole country almost. I, I, we haven't put this in our preparation bit, Nick, but didn't that come about because you just said yes to a, what sounded like a yeah, little... It was a, it's, a, it's a great example, Rob. Rob. I was doing a little bit of business with a guy who was in Nottingham, and he phoned me up once, and he said to me, and Nick, I've had this right crank on the phone, he's... Uh, he says that Botswana is the next bit, a big um, hotspot in, in global uh, economy. But this guy wants to meet me at uh, the Crested Court in Altrincham. I can't be asked going, do you want to go? So Crested Court, Altrincham's half an hour's drive for me. Meet this guy for coffee. He'd come back from a conference in Cape Town in South Africa. Botswana had got a real big push. It was the next big gig, et cetera, et cetera. He thought there was mileage. He knew what I did. He knew what this colleague of mine, Jason, in Nottingham did. Jason then met up. We went out to Botswana twice. Um, we we got this contract to develop working with the government out of the business school there, business skills for the outsourced, outsourced processed contact centre world in Botswana. And again, and it was just that, that chance opportunity. Hey, that's when you start coming to our meetings because well, you well, were well, it, it was because the trouble the trouble I had around that time I just picked up a hundred days work with the NHS working at their head office in London, in Nottingham, in Newcastle, in wherever, four days a month. One week a month, I'm flying out to Botswana. So I could just never commit to going to meetings. And it wasn't so much not fair on me. I, it wasn't my issue, but it wouldn't be fair on the rest of the group to yeah. take up what is deemed to be a seat, isn't it, really, if that's your speciality, yeah. Yeah, I guess training, so. consultancy, etc. Fantastic. Um Nick, how have you dealt with, I know you've, we just got into the fact that you are based at home and I know you love meeting people and going, getting your, you know, really getting your feet under the table with, with the customers and the, the corporates that you deal with. So how have you dealt with all the last 12 months with not only you know, with everything being at home pretty much until very recently? I think, well, as well as being Nick Bishop and Nick Bishop Solutions, I'm also a director of a business called Solution Focused, where we have an office between Stoke and Stafford. And we employ about five people there, so it's a little bit different. 
But when lockdown hit in March of last year, there was a vacant office right next door to ours in the building we have. And we asked the landlord if we could use it. And what we actually did there, we built a studio, videos, cameras, light, sound. And we were able to video live training and we called it LID, Live and Interactive Development, where we could beam it globally. Now, our biggest client at Solution Focus is Centrica. And we've probably done about 150 days work with them. But we've carried, we carried on for the 12 months throughout lockdown. Um, and what it meant, we could go to a wider audience within the business, but not for a full day, probably for an hour, hour and a half session at a time. They didn't have to travel and it kept our business with them. We've won more business with them, but also from other clients, because it's almost like having a gold, silver, bronze package, isn't it? Your gold package might be, yeah, a bespoke training program created bespoke for you, on site with these end deliverables. Whereas we can also do a more hybrid version, which is we can beam it out from a, um, a studio. You can just sit at your laptop wherever you are at home and be part of the training. Um, and then for myself personally, I threw myself into, into doing more work in the athletics community, writing um, interventions for UK athletics all around the psychological aspect of, sp of sports, finished a book that's due out fairly soon. What I did was I realized over the years, I'd written about 200 blogs. I've written them into one complete book. So I kept myself busy. Um, yes, probably some of my income dropped, but not to the extent where it was a major issue. I did things I'd wanted to do. And I think you never want to say it's been a decent uh, period of 12 months for you in a global pandemic. But it's what you make it yourself ultimately guess at, Rob, isn't it? How you tackle that situation. Yeah, it's a funny, obviously, you know, we I had my little lockdown project, which was doing some of the coaching stuff I've been talking about on my little live videos and things. And I think, you know, there was that a time to pause and reflect and and and, and ask, you know, why am I here? What am I doing? And 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 if it was to give back in another area or to reskill in one or to flip your business a little bit. And you know. If your temporary fix of producing video content has turned into that, that isn't going to stop now, is it? I'm sure. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. That, that's the whole point, Robert. It's, it's, you you have options in life. You have choices in life. You can say, "Woe is my lot. What shall I do?" Or you can do something about it. There's a a pub just around the corner from where I live in Cheadle Hume called the Church Inn. And obviously lockdown March, they had to shut. But I think it's probably about May time. Coffee shops were allowed to open. Um, it might just be for takeouts. I can't quite remember. Might be able to sit down even then. They produced in their beer garden, which kind of is on the side of a road, a pop-up coffee shop. Do you know what? They're, they're doing about two, 300 covers a day, plus the bacon sandwiches, plus the croissants, plus the cakes. And again, I don't think that's going to go. Now, here's me, uh, Mr. Bishop from Dragon's Den. I said, that is not going to take off. That's not going to work. How wrong was I? Yeah. And I think it will stay that. I think it will stay. So they, whereas others just kind of shut up shop, they've done fantastically well out of it. No, it's, it's definitely a time for innovation. And like you said, we're not glossing over the terrible 12 months. We all know people affected by the, the health. Oh, indeed. And that's why I feel a bit guilty saying, when people say, how has your lockdown been? Mm -hmm. If I wasn't working full time, I was out um, on my bike, cycling. We had a pretty good summer last year. 
So it, I made it work for me. And I think that's the key. Whatever your situation is, make it work for you. There's some really interesting stuff on um, on how the funding from government has helped with some respect, but it's not a podcast for now, but I'll, I'll speak to you. So, um, Nick, right, that's that's Nick, Nick Bishop Solutions, Solution Focused. I know you've, you've written the books, you deal heavily with UK athletics um, from a coaching perspective and involved in their, their information, their marketing and messages and that kind of stuff. I know you're a podcaster, you do something and you are, you are invited onto several podcasts um, and I'm grateful that you've, you've, you've joined, joined us on this. What I wanted to ask you next was the corporates that you're dealing with, how they've spent 12 months having to deal with having with, with the situation of sending people home and then this next phase of who's coming back who's not whether it's this hybrid in inverted commas type stuff but what are they saying about this new environment for their people that may help either people like me sat at home or people in a smaller business who have people dotted about and they're not quite sure how to manage the, 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 this next mm. phase which will be for me semi-permanent Oh, permanent. Mm. Mm. Well, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because very few people have ever been allowed to work from home, apart from perhaps sometimes senior managers who said, I'm going to work from home on Friday and have a PA maybe, etc." And it's only taken a situation like this for companies to realise that people can work from home. Now, there's always been this fear that, well, I don't know if I trust them enough. Well, if you don't trust them enough, don't employ them. Yeah, that's, the, that's the first message, isn't it, really? And actually, we don't need to talk about minutiae of detail about micromanagement, because normally most people have a role. They're expected to do this by a certain time. Well, we know whether they're going to, how well they're doing against that, because we can touch base with them, we can talk to them. Are they delivering against what's expected? I think the challenge becomes a bit like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, about what people want out of life itself, because people want a sense of belonging they want safety and security uh, near the top of the triangle, self-actualization when they actually start to achieve. But we know many people who have probably never met their fellow colleagues. And I include in that some leaders who've joined companies, picking up a team, they're employing them, and they never met them. And all they're having is a Zoom call. And it's quite difficult, isn't it? Just We mentioned earlier when I last spoke to you, Rob, about what we call the coffee machine culture which is where you're in a business, you go to the coffee machine, Frank meets Betty from a, a sales or marketing, and she says, that email you sent last week, it was really useful. I'd like to pick up on that. So rather than just the formal meetings, interactions, it's that kind of the, the element you get where you mix with people, you pick up on ideas. I hate to use the word brainstorm, it's so dated, et cetera. But you, know, you pick up on ideas, you, you, you throw a few ideas around. I think that is a challenge that people are going to have to face. I think companies have to speak more regularly to their people. Um, I think they have to also look to give more feedback more regularly to help people to be involved in the business, to be part of a team. Now, do you feel part of a team when you haven't seen your colleagues for six months? Because when it's a fact that when unemployment grows, uh, gangs... In Glasgow, there's a survey done. Gangs increased in number as unemployment grew because people have a fundamental desire to be part of a team, even if they don't like the job. So how do you create that team spirit when people aren't meeting each other? 
And then we have Tuckman's model, which is about the forming, storming, norming, performing stage, about how teams evolve and grow. And how challenging is that when the teams haven't met? And that's before we get into all the admin of home office working, having the right kit. Well, yeah, I mean, that's 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 a big thing, isn't it? I think there's, I mean, we've done all the, 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 the health and safety of not working at the kitchen table. Or, I mean, I'm on an office chair. I'm at the top of the stairs. And still Did you know what, Rob? We're actually getting a bit, we're actually getting drawings built to build me an office at the side of the house somewhere to go. Um, Without a word of a lie, I was talking to someone. I was on a webinar the other week. Um, it's quite a high profile panel as a chairman of a FTSE 250 company, some HR director from, I think, this, uh, a big blue chip. And we were saying that some of the training programs they'd been running, there were some people sat on a bed with their laptop working. Can you imagine that? It's just, it beggars belief, you know, how, how can that happen? How, how are they being provided with the right tools? It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's, we are, we, we, we're adults, you know, we, we have a reasonably, you know, we have a house, we've got small children, all your kids have, have, have grown up, but you've got, you've got somewhere to work, you've got a garden to walk into. Well, I'm, I mean, look, I've got a purpose-built office, not, I'm in my office, so I'm very lucky. And I'm not going to get knifed if I walk around the corner. Now, if we are, let's say we've we've got a job and we are either younger or in a situation where we might have three or four housemates with a shared kitchen and a shared lounge. And so those three or four housemates are all potentially working from home. They've got no, oh, yeah. no choice but yeah. to work, work, work from home. My, my son, my son lives in London. or We've got three sons. One's in Bristol, one's in London, and one's moved back in with us here in Cheadle Hume. James in London, he's got a pretty good job in the city. Um, and he's been working from home for nearly 12 months. And he shares, he's got, they've got a nice five bedroom apartment, five, four housemates, five altogether. All five have been working from home. Yeah. You know, so imagine, so they've all got pretty decent careers in London. So they've got the Zoom calls, they've got the conference calls, probably even client calls. Well, how, I mean, can you imagine how loud is even a kettle when you're on a call? in the background and it's somebody else has put that on or you know, I know. So, so you can imagine perhaps one sat at the coffee table in the lounge there yeah. might be two in the dining room might be one in the kitchen and one says i've got a zoom call i'll take it upstairs <laughs> the logistics of it yeah and i think that's it from from what i'm seeing just through conversation and no nothing more than that is it's easy for us guys who have the space and the flexibility to to, to talk about the upsides and not necessarily the, the the downsides. If I was 22 starting out in 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 life and I just got a job, I'd had to sit at my mum's house on a computer until they told me to go in the office. That would be mm. interesting. Um, and like you say, how do I get culturally culturally involved in that? If the only time I go into the office is for the you know they've got a bouncy castle on a Friday to engage all the staff, you know. It, well, it's it's <laughs> funny. It's funny you you just said culturally involved. Because I wrote an article for someone the other day about values, mission, and culture. And culture is part of the fabric of a company. What is our culture? Because a lot of companies have to, if they're serious about what they do, what they do, they'll have a series of values and they'll have a culture. And this is how we do things here. It's very difficult to have a culture when you sat at home in, in your kitchen, knowing what the culture is if you've never even been in the office. Another word for you uh, that I picked up 
from a, a, a Facebook conversation on a little Facebook group I'm on. Uh, one of the well, a small business owner said, look, I'm going to be expanding my business. I'm looking for some new staff. What do you look for in people? And of course, you know, people come on and reel all these qualities that people need to have. And we didn't really know what level of job that it was recruiting for. And, and so my basic take was, you know, do I like you enough to work here and can you do the job? And his re immediate response to me was, what about loyalty? And I suggested that that was for him to earn, not for them to, you know, they're not going to arrive mm. with a lot of loyalty mm. for somebody they don't mm. know, and, you know, mm. and, and, and that that would need to be earned by their business or in a larger company, the management. And how do you get loyalty over Zoom? <laughs> I know. I <laughs> you know, know, to get someone to do above a little bit above and beyond, maybe, and help you Absolutely, out. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so, 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 you know, I've been in situations where, in business, people are saying. I remember one situation where it, well, I was in retail financial services at the bank, and we had a big backlog of perhaps new orders, so we had to get forty people from Team X to go and help Team Y somewhere else. And it's quite hard to do that when you're working from home again, isn't it? It's that situation yeah. where does it stop the the cross fertilization or the or the mixing of skills in the business as it should do? And I think yeah, we 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 had a brief chat, haven't we? There are people out there now who are setting themselves up to be professional home based workers. The, 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 I think the market, if you are a business, you can be employing the best people who maybe will be able to log in and out on, a, on, a, on some kind of, whether it's taking calls or doing emails or whatever, on a flexible basis or an agreed basis around the other stuff that's going on for them. And so certainly one guy who lives around the corner from me, he's an ex-director of a large business-to-business uh, -business telecoms company. And he's working in a, a remote call center environment for, for a utility business and loves it because they're getting the best, you know, someone, someone with 20 years experience mm -hmm. and he's getting what he needs, which is an income with a good company on a, on a, on a, a flexible basis. <laughs> that there is just absolutely key. And the turnover for the company is very, very low because they found the right people mm. not turning mm. over mm. staff all the time from the local area. But you see, you know, that the whole employment cycle has changed, hasn't it? Because when I first started work in the late 70s uh, in, in, in the insurance world, I went to night school, did insurance exams, etc. A good CV would be 10 years at one company, a couple of promotions maybe then move on, eight years there. Nowadays, a good CV is two years, three years max at one company, then move on. You know, you, keep, you, you, you get recruited to do a certain job, you grow into the role, deliver against the profile, and move on again. And so, and also, people are doing jobs now that didn't even exist five, ten years ago as well. There's so much more scope and opportunity for people to do things. And you hear about people who get interviewed and they say, well, I looked to, to buy this online and I couldn't find one. So I thought there's a shortage. So they, it's almost like you see on Dragon's Den, isn't it? Yeah. And so they set up their own business. Now, some might just remain cottage industries. So they, they turn over 50, 60 grand a year and their margin is X and they take home 
35 grand to live off. That's just absolutely fine. It doesn't have to be a career where you're in the office or at home even five days a week doing what is what used to be deemed to be a profession. The world's moved on. It's changed. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because I spend some time on LinkedIn and you see these polls, don't you? And they generally, how can I put this the right way? Generally old school um, of do you think a four day working week is, you know, or do you think full flexibility is this, that or the other? And what those people are clearly saying that I've made it on a Monday to Friday, eight till six. I've done what I need to do. I didn't see my kids growing up we, you know, and all that kind of stuff as though that needs to be the blueprint for, for the, 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 the macho culture. And yeah. And, and I'm sat there going, well, I, I might not want to earn a hundred. You, you might want to earn 150 K a year doing that. If I, if that isn't my goal, I don't need to do that. And it doesn't need to be anybody else's goal. Mm. And how does that fit into the, a, a, a corporate organization that has, and, and to be able to say, look, I'm a really good professional person, but my goals are this, 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 and this. And can we make work a fit where as long as you're getting, as long as I'm getting paid for the work that I do, um, or the productivity that I put in, does it have to be this 37, 37 and a half hours with 20 days holiday bank holiday? Or can it be a bit more of a, a project-based approach or a, mm. or a, or, or uh, not even hybrid working, I could be a really good employee on three days. Well, well, also, I mean, we know that more companies are outsourcing things full stop anyway, aren't they? Yeah. So, so less of they'll only have the core functions, and then they'll outsource more as well anyway. Yeah. And I think people, because of COVID and lockdown, I think people have come to realise that money isn't everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it goes back to the, the you know food on the table, roof over the head. Yeah, you know, like the stereotypical Yorkshireman. Listen, lad, all you need is feed your family, put meal on table, and have roof over your head. But in its most simple terms, it's true, isn't it? Which is actually where we're going with this, isn't it? Because obviously, I'm, I'm doing lots of research and and stuff into living a balanced life because that's what I wanted, and I've gone and learned maybe there's some some ways to do that. And I know you're you're you you as such are on the sort of the, the business end of, of helping people perform people... better, or the businesses perform better. People don't. People often forget how much they've got up here, mm. and how valuable some of that knowledge is. Yeah, and it's a bit like finding a new product. And we mentioned having a cottage industry, perhaps plant-based cosmetics, and and, and it might be it might take off, or it might just be a cottage industry. But actually, we all, in terms of selling a service, probably have a lot more knowledge of things than we realise. And there will always be people prepared to pay for something. Yeah. So it's just finding that route to market and niche, isn't it, Rob? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and and something that I'm really keen for people to do, not only because I've I've built a business on in part-time as well as the full-time job in, in the cars, which has now changed a little bit, that if you used to be in the car for three hours a day, you now have time to set up and run a little profit center, even if it's an extra 100 or 150 quid from selling. But do you know what? It's, it's interesting you say that, Rob, because a lot of people say to me, I'm, I'd like to pick your brain. I'm, I'm thinking of working, my, working for myself and doing yeah. this. What advice would you give me? And I've always said to them, don't give up your day job 
until you've started your business, have started to get a few little contracts, because it's very hard to leave a well-paid job to become self-employed unless you've got a cushion of income, probably for 12 months even. Yeah. A pal of mine who is lolling in Switzerland, he's a multimillionaire, um, and the, how he got his money was he used to be one of the top salesmen for the Eagle Star, no, Norwich Union, I think it was, 25, 30 years ago, or his top salesman of the year. He set up his own business, but didn't leave the company for three to four years. So he's working almost like 16-hour days, nine to five at work, coming home, weekends, growing his own business. Once he got it to a certain level, he gave his notice in. So he is kind of really burning the candle at both ends until he knew he'd got a good, sustainable business. Now, that's a bit extreme and a bit excessive in terms of the work he put in. But you can start a small business without giving up your, your day job, no pun intended, the old day job, nine to five. Yeah, but you yeah. can do that, Rob. You've shown it, and, and you don't have to hate your day job. No, no, indeed, that, indeed, it might, it might compliment even. Reality. It might compliment right. absolutely because if you're happy doing what you're doing in terms of this, the, the, the new business startup, it might give you a bit more hunger and desire to keep going and, and to keep that job secure until you can leave and really go with your own new job. I mean, there's going to be a lot going about, isn't there? And, and I'm just, I'm, I'm excited for people, whether it's, you know, baking a few cakes on a Saturday morning or setting up a home-based franchise or, yeah, the, I know a guy in Scotland who, uh, who had a, um, a whiskey business that, that wasn't affected by COVID necessarily. It was affected by the trade fight between the EU and mm. bloody America. Mm. And he set up a cleaning company. And, but, but Rob, you see, you see these, you know, I, I mean, where I am... There's a couple of micro pubs which have opened by people who love real ale, used to brew their own, yeah. knew that real ale's come back in and it's no longer the guy with his hair down here and a big, thick beard. I, th I understand that the biggest take up in the real ale camera market is professional women in the 30s. Right. So it's quite on trend, you know, some of these fancy new beers. And people have set up micro breweries and it's, Kind of, you know, who'd have thought that? So the old-fashioned traditional greenalls and whip bread and what have you is now hundreds of small microbreweries supplying to the new micro pubs. And you just never know where these things end up, do you? Like, indeed, because of this little journey we've been on, I'm now doing this kind of stuff to to, to be able to help people, not in my business, but just generally talk to them about having a bit of a better work-life balance or, or whatever. Which, which well, I, I'm meeting a lady at one, two o'clock. Sorry. Yeah. And she started working for herself about four to five months ago. Um, I think she'd had a, well, I know she'd had a pretty good blue chip career. She's only probably late thirties, had some senior roles in business and she's now become a, a leadership coach. And she just wanted to pick my brain. And I guess when you work for yourself for 16 years, it's nothing like working for yourself. And it's an obvious thing to say, but when I was at the bank, okay, 250 people that worked for me, turned over a billion pounds a year, but had a marketing department, had a, a, a direct sales team, had an HR team, had an admin team. It's when you start working. And, and of course I thought leaving the bank with my background, cigar, slippers on, the business will flood in. How wrong was I? How wrong was, you know, it's, you have to get out there and speak to people like we've discussed and, and, tell people what you do and understand what they need and put that need and requirement together. 
So it's a great learning curve. So if I can help people as I'm meeting this lady at lunchtime, a little bit on that journey about where I personally think I went wrong or whatever, it's helping someone else, isn't it? And also, you then never know where mutual opportunities might come in. And that's been an important lesson that I've learned from you and I've not thanked you for it, is you just say yes to stuff. Like, you know, when I wanted to just come and speak to you about my business at Costa Coffee in Stockport, you tipped up on a Saturday afternoon. There was no real immediate thing for you, no reason you should speak to me. I, w- I wasn't coming at you with a training contract. So you're like, yeah, but, well, but I mean, I, I, but I'm a great believer in karma. And, and I just think that, I, I guess because my business is all about people, performance solutions and helping people, it goes with your own kind of psyche. You just do it, don't you, Rob? Yeah. You just do it. So, I mean, for example, Friday and Saturday, Obviously, I'm very involved with England Athletics. Cheshire was one of only two counties this year because of COVID that staged the county cross-country championships. So Cheshire's county cross-country champs are on Saturday. Well, I was, on Friday, I was at um, helping to set up the course with a load of other people. I was officiating all day on the Saturday. What did that cost me? Well, I had to do four trips to, to near Crewe without getting paid for me petrol. Don't get a penny for that. But it's something I enjoy doing, Rob. You know, I enjoy it. Yeah. But I guess that goes back to lifestyle and having my own business that means that I can say, okay, I'm happy to do those two days because I enjoy it. What will I do instead? Well, actually, I'll just work a bit later a couple of times in the month to catch up on some admin jobs. So if the beauty of self-employment, once you've got going, it gives you lifestyle choices about when you work, doesn't it? Absolutely. 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 I, did, did you know, I've just heard about a company called Revolu. It's a new financial services company. Right. They glo- they're global, and they are offering all employees the chance to work around the world for two months of the year. So if you've got an aunt in New Zealand, you could work. You could go and work in New Zealand for two months for Revolu as part of your job. They're being that flexible. You know, a few, a few years ago, it was kind of you know this uh, the sort of slide down from the first floor to the second floor and for heat to Fridays and stuff. And now these businesses are genuinely just going, look, crack on, mate. You know, you would, you, we, you would not be in this role if we didn't think you were capable of doing it. And, Absolutely. You know, I, we were, we went away. Uh, we, I, I, we hired a static caravan in North Yorkshire last week. And the, 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 the clear agreement between me and, my wife was yes let's go away for the week with the kids because we've not been on holiday that you'll see if you're watching this on youtube you see i've not yet had my hey i'm booked i'm booked in a week on monday i I haven't got it on today i don't wear in the house but when i go out i wear a cap these days to give myself a degree of respectability (laughs) well you know what i can take things over from a caravan i don't have to be either on or off it's not binary absolutely absolutely Um, the the interesting thing is jcb a business i do some work with uh, have a contract with jcb and they, as part of um, working from home, when they have Zoom calls, mm. they don't encourage people to use the uh, video part of it, just the audio part. So it becomes almost like the old-fashioned conference call right. because they don't think it's fair for other people to see inside your house. Your house right. is privacy. Yeah, you're working from home, but we don't expect you know, John from accounts to see Chris's kitchen table. So they only do it audio. And that's quite an interesting concept about the privacy working from home. Well, I think 
another conversation for another time is the Clubhouse app, isn't it? Which is an audio audio only networking mm. app where you can pick a topic and you'll get an invite to a room. A, 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 a room. I haven't used it as much recently, but I found that rather than going onto a call or a course or having to watch something, I can walk around the house and make the baby a bottle whilst contributing onto a, mm. a business. Mm. And, 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 and audio, I think, is better than video in that respect because you can be getting on with, with other stuff. And I think the net, um, I listened to some, uh, um, most people know that the guy, Barry, Gary Vaynerchuk over in America, really talking about audio is the next way of shopping things. So you'll just be going, you know, Alexa, buy me a lawnmower and one will turn up. And um, unless you need, unless you, you can say, Alexa, book me a course with Nick Bishop, you, you need to be known. So it, it will be, look, talking to me. Would have bought it. Uh, it, it. It, you know, what are the best personal development people to speak to? You need them to be able to ask for you by name because in five years' time they'll just be ordering it for you. Right. I want to wrap up. I know we've been on for uh, thirty minutes or so, Nick. So obviously, I'm trying to attempting to speak to people about the various ways you can uh, structure a balanced lifestyle. So I've got seven dead quick fire questions. No one, anything in depth. Just a little quick response to yep. um, a top tip or goal in the following areas, such as, Nick, your fitness, how do you keep active or motivated to stay active? Um, it's got to be a mindset. It's got to be something you passionately want to do and believe in. So you set a, a goal for yourself that you can visualize and picture, see what the success will be like, because without goals, we have no motivation. So you've got to have that goal, have that picture of what success will be like, Play it in your own mind and go out there and do it. Okay, fine. Uh, finance. So, any a little tip for how you do not fritter away or how? Well, you well, I, th th I think COVID has shown that, hasn't it? That yeah. we don't need that much money. Um, I read an article about how much money people were spending going to Costa Coffee and buying a cake, six pounds a day, and they suddenly realised when they stopped, they're saving forty quid a week. So, write down the small things that you. They're not small things. The things that add up that you buy every day, you probably don't need. Yeah, little budget. Um, so work, your so your the field that you work in. How how do you get to how do you get to love what you do? Um, well, the beauty of self-employment is if you don't love what you do, don't do it. Uh, and I've I've always been fascinated by people and why people do things and why they do things in certain way and what drives them and motivates them. And it's a pleasure for me just to, to be able to be part of that journey now. Okay, fine. Um, and fam family life, how do you how do you wind down within the house once you've, if you've been at home, how do you sort of... I think this is the important part. If you work from home, as you mentioned a few moments ago, that you spend an hour and a half a day commuting or two hours a day commuting, use that time that you're not commuting wisely. Go out for a walk, get some fresh air, have some proper downtime because you've saved yourself two hours a day. So... Don't be a slave to the office. Okay, fantastic. Uh, your belief systems, Nick, why are you here? Why are you on planet Earth? I just want to make a difference to people too. I wrote a book called My Best Version of Me, and I say the same to other people. How can I help your business and your team to be your best version of you? Fantastic. How do you chill out with your mates? Um... I enjoy a beer early doors. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit like most men. I've got I've got hundreds of people I know without having five close mates. 
Yes. So, and because of the sports I'm involved in, particularly athletics these days, I coach three times a week, perhaps at events. I speak at conferences where I'm invited to by them. So I just love, love having people around me, particularly in the sports field. When I say field, I mean literally a sports arena rather than just a field. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and finally, one thing you would you can't wait to do to enjoy doing once the, once we're fully out of lockdown. Okay. Um, I've been invited out to Kenya to work with uh, some elite Kenyan athletes. They're currently 13-minute 5K runners. They're going to be 12-minute 5K runners, 27-minute 10K runners, going to be 26, to do, give them two talks on peak performance, live with them for a week. It's been, it's been postponed because of COVID. It was due in August. Can't wait for that to be rebooked. <laughs> what was that 5K time? Uh, they're 13-minute 5K runners at the moment, but they will be 12 minutes by the time they reach the Olympic Games in Paris in three years' time. The speedy. That's good going, yeah. The brisk. Okay, fine. They'll bring yeah. you and me to the pub and back. <laughs> Bloody hell. Right, okay. Nick, that's been a pleasure. Um, as always, I know you'll probably be on, be on my little uh, Friday morning meets. At I will indeed this week. Last, last week, I was uh, getting the course set up for the county championships. The week before, I was on the police speed awareness course. How bad is that, Rob? So even... Online even, it was as well. Of course, least, online it was. Even elite coaches get caught speeding in a lockdown. Sadly so. Uh, but thanks very much for your time, Nick. Absolute uh, pleasure, Rob. Uh, for, for the people that are listening, please just give a quick uh, a quick subscribe or like, depending on where, you, where you're seeing or listening to this. And we'll, we'll catch you next time. Thank you, Rob. Cheers, Nick.